Okay, Daf Chav Gimel. Continuing in discussion, we had a machlekes of Yechonu Eshlakish on the nature of the chiyuv of Eish. Yechonu said Eishem Yishum Chetzoi, which means lighting a fire when it goes and burns someone else's field down is no different than shooting an arrow, shooting a bullet. It is just an extension of a person, really, just a different type of weapon, basically. And Eshlakish said, No, you're looking at it all wrong. When the Torah says Yichayev for Eish, the Torah says that Eish is like your mummin; it's yours, just like your ox or your dog or any animal of yours does damage your chayev. Your fire is like yours. Rashi had explained that the simplest nafkamina between these two is, do you have to own the fire to be chayev? According to Shlakash, it has to be a fire that you created. If I take Ruvain's fire and light Shimon's field, I'm not responsible. I'm responsible for where I directly light it, we already explained. But where it spreads is not my problem. I'm a grumma maybe, I'm responsible in Hashemayim, but in terms of Rabbi Shlakish, it's not my fire. And if it's not my fire, I'm not responsible. Whereas according to Rabbi Yechanan, it's not a question of mine, it's a question of shooting a bullet. If I take your gun and shoot a bullet, of course I'm going to be responsible, and therefore by fire also I'll be responsible, even though it's not my fire. That was the Machlekes. So, Amar Rav, Rav asked a fascinating question now. Rav says, Kashle Labaya. Rav said the following question came up in his discussions with Abaya. If you hold like a Yechanan, that Eish is really like a weapon, and it's really an Adam Amazik, so Tamun Be'eish to Patrachmon, We already explained, we had seen this before, we'll see it more later in the Masechta, that there's a Patur by Eish called Tamun, that if the thing is not Megulev, it's not something you could see, then you're going to be Patur. If you burn down a field, and in the field was hidden a bag of money, your putter for the burning of the money, because that's tomun, it's a patur by Eish. Now wait a second, says the Gemara, says Abai Varava. If you say that the patur, that the chiv of Eish is like mamun, like your animal, it does damage. So we already see this different halachas, by carrying your pechetzin ezek, shein v'regel is patur Okay, so the mamun called Eish is going to be patur by tomun. Fine, that's the way the Torah is set up. Each one has their type of patur. But if the chiv of Eish, like Abi Yechelen said, is like chetzer, it's like taking a gun and shooting a bullet or shooting an arrow, there's no patur of shooting an arrow. Hafuk says Rashi, when you shoot an arrow, the definition of the damage is always internal when it hits the person or whatever it is it's going to be hitting. And when you shoot a bullet, the same thing. It's always going to be that. And Adam is muadli alama. And Adam is chayv on whatever he does. There's no patur ever for an Adam amazik. So, Frek the Gemara, fascinating question. If, like Rabbi Yechon, Eish is really any a, a chiddish, it's a chiddish, because the Bible says it's not a weapon, there's, there's wind involved, etc. But it is, in lumdus wise, it's an extension of Adam Amazik. So, what is the patur of Taman? It doesn't make any sense. It says the Gemara, Taman, the patur Rahman, Says the and they said, I'll tell you a case. I can tell you a case where there's no arrow involved. What's the case? You light a fire in a chatzim, and there's a fence around the chatzim. And at that point, if the fire burned all day and all night, it would never go out because there's a cement fence, there's a stone brick fence around the fa- around my yard. Fire is not going anywhere. Stam. For whatever reason, there was an accident, something happened, the wall falls down. Nothing to do with my fire, nothing to do with anything. And now the fire goes and burns into another chatzar. That's no longer an extension of your arrow. Your, your arrow has finished. Meaning, if I shoot a bullet inside my house, okay, and everything's fine, and I shoot the bullet, and it should have just hit the wall and stopped down, and then while the bullet's in the air, the wall falls down because there's a tornado, and the bullet goes out of the house and kills somebody, I'm not a right tzach, I'm not anything. Look, I didn't do anything. As soon as I shot the bullet, the bullet should have just hit the wall and fall down. 
the fact that the bull kept going is not out of my rishus already. So therefore, this is not a case of chetzi. And over there, you'll be putter by tomun. So what are you talking about? So why have any ish in that case? Forget if it's tomun or not tomun. If I light a fire in my house and it should be totally protected, and then something abnormal out of my control happens and the fire goes out later, then according to Biachan, once I lit the fire, the fire was contained. I'm now putter for whatever happens afterwards. Tomun or not tomun? The case makes no sense. So Mara says, you're right. We have to re-understand this machlaik of Yechon HaMeshlokesh. The truth is, Reb Shlokesh holds, you're only chayef for Eish al-Smamen. Reb Yechon holds, there could be one of two reasons why you're chayef by Eish. You could be chayef mitam chetzer, mitam an arrow, a bullet, or you could be chayef mitam moment. And Reb Yechon says as follows. If when I light the fire, the fire goes directly from where I lit it, with nothing stopping it, nothing impeding it. Wind blows it and burns down the guy's house. I'm chayv It's an extension of my arm. It's a weapon. I'm chayv as another mamazik. And if it burns down someone's field and there's something tamun in it, I'm chayv. There is no patura of, of tamun over there. But if I light it in my field and the field is surrounded, and when I lit it, it didn't have a din of an arrow anymore, then the wall falls down. And as we'll see in the Gemara in a second, I could have stopped it still, but I didn't. Now it's no longer my arrow, because the arrow was almost yaches to the first moment that I shot it. Arrow it's not, but it still is at least a case of moment. And when it is a case of moment, then I'm only going to be chayv on something golui, I'm not going to be chayv on something that's tamun. So according to Biochan, it depends on the nature of the fire that you lit, and the, how it damaged, whether there is going to be a patur tamun or not. That's a big Kiddush already. It says, Obviously, we have to be talking about a case where after the wall fell down, you could have fixed it back up. Because if you couldn't have fixed it back up, then it's an oinus, then you're putter. So then you're not chayv anyways. There has a din like a shar. It's like a shar that you didn't close the door on. If you have a shar, just, again, at some point, this fire becomes like a shar that you should have closed the door. You did not close the door. And therefore, you're going to be chayv for not closing the door. Wait a second. So what's the nafkamini between these two shitas? Now, Rashi speaks out, there's many nafkaminis between these two shitas. We just had one nafkamina is, is there a case of Tomun or not? In a case of Chetzir, according to Rebbechon, there is no Petur of Tomun. According to Rebbechon, it's only Mamani, there is a Petur of Tomun. We had another nafkamina Rashi spoke out is, do you have to own the fire? So there's many nafkaminas. But the one is looking for a nafkamina, when you own the fire, and you light the fire, what would be a nafkamina? We know by an Adam Amazik, you're not only Chaya for the Hezek you do, but Adam Amazik, you're also Chaya for other things, specifically Nezek, which is the damage you do, Tsar, any pain you cause, you have to pay for, Repoy, any doctor bills, Sheves, any lost wages, the guy lost job, and Baishas, if you embarrassed him. There's actually five things you pay by an Adam Amazik, which you don't pay by a Shar. According to a Shlokish, that Eish is Mamayna, it's like a Shar, the only pay, thing you're only paying is Nezek. You're not paying anything else. In a case where it's chetzay, like when you light the fire and it went directly out, then you would have to pay like another mamazik. Now, the Gemara calls it Arbadvar Mashi says, because Baishas, you mustam wouldn't have to pay. Baishas, the Gemara is going to say that Iran is only when you are Meschavin Lahazik. Another Meschav, even if he's not Meschavin Lahazik. But Baishas, you only have to pay when you Meschavin Lahazik and Mustam by the fire. You lit it in your yard and then the wind blew it. That's not called Kavanasi Lahazik necessarily. So, Labdafki, you're going to be Chayv Baishas. So it's only four things. Fine, that's where Rashi understands it. But either way, the idea of being chayed tsar and shevis, etc., would only be according to Rabbi Eichanan that it's an extension of Adam Amazik. If it's a din of shor, then of, like Rishlakish, of course, there's no din except for Nezik. 
Continues the Gemara. We said in the Mishnah, the case that we've talked about many, many details now, of this animal who ate this charara, some kind of burnt charcoal-y cake, that he it was chayav for shame, we said, on the cake, and he then lights, uses that coal to light up a gadish. We had all machlekes. Did he throw the coal in its service, or did he put it down? And it's still going to be service because it's chetzer of the of the animal, we had Omach Lakes Bechel Shakish had to learn that sugya. The Gemara brings out a few extra details over here. It says, Man Chayev, okay, so who's Chayev now? When he takes this hot coal and he puts it down on the Godish. So we said, when he puts it down directly on the Godish, he's definitely going to be Chayev. If he throws it, maybe it's going to be Tsarius, we talked about fine. But either way, who's the one who's Chayev? Balakelev, right? the owner of the dog who brought the coal to the Godish, he's Chayev. So I'm Chayev, Nami Balakelev. Wait a second. Why are we not taking into consideration the guy who lit the coal? The guy who made this cookie on fire, assuming it's different people, he should be responsible here as well. And Rashi explains the kasha as follows. On the tzad that the, the, the Mishnah was talking about, that when you throw, you're throwing it, and you're chayv chetzi nezek. Okay, so the balakel pays chetzi nezek, and then the balagacheles should pay the other half. And on the tzad that we're going to get with shlokish, that on the godish you're totally potter, because that's already... Mo, that's already two steps removed, we said, then the Balagachel should pay for the whole field. Basically, the owner of the fire is responsible for his fire. If you could blame somebody else for part of it, great, he'll pay part, that other person could pay part. But whatever is left over, the owner of the fire should have to pay. And the Mishnah doesn't say a word about that. What's going on? Says, well, you're right. We're talking about a situation where he put his coal in a place where it was protected. And therefore, he's potter. Everything else that happened afterwards is not his problem. So how'd the dog get there? What do you mean he protected it? he didn't protect it. If he protected it, the dog wouldn't have been there. Says We're talking about where he closed the door. The dog dug underneath the door, scooted under the door and got to the coal, took it out and went and burnt with it. So wait a second. That means That means you're telling me that a dog is not a door, I'm sorry, a door is not really enough protection from a dog. A door, a door, it's normal for, because remember, we're being mechaev de balakelev. If it's abnormal for a dog to be able to dig under a door and go get a, a thing, then that would be Karen. That would not be normal Shane. That would be Karen if he had to dig under something he's not normally expected to do. For the fact that we're mechaev de balakelev, clearly we're saying it's expected. Now, Frechtaisis, wait a second. If it's expected that a dog can dig under a door, then why is the balaish putter by closing the door, if a dog can easily get there. Like, where do you draw the From the door, from the fire's perspective, we're saying a door is good, a good protection. From the dog's perspective, from the Bala dog's perspective, we're saying it's not good protection. How do you look at that? So Taisus is a very interesting lashon. Taisus says in Taisus Bishashimer, Chazal said, when you have a fire and you have to protect the fire, you have to do the normal thing you have to do to prevent the fire from becoming a mazik. A fire by itself, remember, a candle in your house is not a davar a mazik. It's a fire. You let a fire in your house, of course, everybody has a candle in their house. And when it gets out, then it becomes a davar a mazik. How do you prevent it from becoming a davar a mazik? Close the door. That's all you have to do. You close the door. Oh, a dog can come and dig underneath it. and That's not what you have to do. Your chiv of tircha to protect this candle from becoming a davar amazik is closing the door. Yes, if a dog dugs it underneath it, your putter, the bal of the kelev is going to be chayiv because that's a normal thing for a dog to do. But in terms of you, you've done your, uh, you've done enough of your job to protect from that, from that activity. Good. Why, why do you need a door bechlal? 
if I have a fire pit, a well-contained fire That's pit, the same thing. So why do I need a door? You don't need a door. We're talking about a case where you made a fire in his backyard. If you want to put a f- fence around it or you want to put rocks around that's it's good too. It doesn't have to be a dog. A door. It could be anything. Whatever it is that protects it. Whatever it is that protects it. Tomorrow, just give me an example. You're right. It's not a door specifically. Says the Gemara, wait a second. Now let's go back. The dog ate the charara and he's high of Shane. Where did he eat this charara? Remember, Shane is potter, Bershus Arabim. Shane is potter, Bershus Amazik. Shane is only chayev, Bershus Amizik. So where did he eat this charara? So the Achla Hecha. If he ate it in. The th- we're assuming there's three people here, right? There's the owner of the dog, Ruvain. There's the owner of the Harara, Shimon. And there's the owner of the field, Levi. So if, Ru- if, if Shimon's dog takes Ruvain's Harara and goes to Levi's field, he might be chayv for burning down the field, but he's not going to be chayv then for eating the Harara. He's only chayv if he eats the Harara in Ruvain's field. In, yeah, in Ruvain's field, not in Levi's field. It has to be that owner's field, and it's not. He went into the Ruvain's field. He ate it there, and then he either burned down Ruvain's own field, or then he took it afterwards and burned down Levi's field. Doesn't really matter. But the shame happened in the field of the Nizik. Okay. I'm going to read these words, and then we'll explain it pashapshat, and then we'll see why it makes no sense. Gemara now brings up a fascinating question. We said you're only chayiv in the Chatzar nizik, not in the Chatzar HaMazik. Okay? Shane happens in the mouth of the animal. We know that an animal, in terms of Kenyan, in terms of everything else, is considered the Chatzar of the Bala animal. An animal is an extension, is a Chatzar of the Bala. So what is the mouth of the animal considered Chatzar nizik or Chatzar HaMazik? So then it should be Potter. Says the Gemara. From our Gemara says that you're chayav for eating the dog eating it. The Gemara tifshay the pi the piyapara kechatzra nizik dami the kechatzra mazik dami leimalei my boy riftecha bepuma de kalbi. Why is your loaf of bread or your cookie in my dog's mouth? Now, Fractaisus, what what do you? Huh? Fractaisus, we had we just had ten twenty two blada Gemara about animals eating things and being chayav. Of course, animals are chayav for eating things. It's called shane. Shane means you eat it. So what can the more be possibly thinking that the mouth of the animal is considered the chatzar amazik and therefore you're going to be put to what are we talking about? So Tosis points out something fascinating. Tosis, if you actually think about Shane, every activity of Shane is a two-step process. First you take it, then you eat it. And we actually discussed this earlier. Earlier we discussed of of misgalgal. If you have something that's half from Rosh Hashanah and the Shiloh was if the animal comes and drags it from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah and then he eats it there, do we look at it as where he took it from and therefore he's potter because it's Shem Rosh Hashanah or do we look at it as where he ate it which was Rosh Hashanah and he's going to be chayev. Which means we were really asking over there in Rosh Hashanah what is the actual chiv of Shane? Is the actual chiv of Shane the taking was actual chiv of shane the eating? That was really Reb Zera's question. So that's really what's going on in our Gemara. There's no question if you go ahead and eat something, you're going to be chayev. But maybe the chiv is not the eating. Maybe the chiv is the taking. What's the nafkamina? The nafkamina Taisa says is if a cherishite of a cotton comes and picks up an apple and puts it into the parah's mouth. You're not going to be chayev the cherishite of a cotton for the taking. Cherishite of a cotton didn't do anything wrong. They're, they're, they're kids. You know, it's irrelevant. Now the parah chews the apple. 
is he chayev just for the eating without the taking. That is really what the Gemara Shaila over here is. If you, now, and what's the diak of the Gemara? The diak of the Gemara is not from the halach of a dog. Of course, if a dog eats a harari, he's going to be chayev. But look what the Gemara said. What did it say? It could have said, From the fact that it said, it's Mashwa the Gemara saying, even if it ate it without taking it, someone else put it there, whatever it is, you can be chayef for the eating. How can you be chayef for the eating? The mouth of the parah is chatzar amazik. Must be we don't consider the mouth of the parah chatzar amazik. We consider the mouth of the parah chatzar amazik, even if there was no taking otherwise. It says, let's see it inside. Even if you did not take it. Do you buy it? We had the Shiloh. So, obviously, Tyson said we had plenty of cases if it did the taking. But would there be another case? What about the case we had a told of Shane before where it scratches against the wall and knocks down the wall? Right? So that's Shane, where there's no taking, it's just like eating. It's not really eating, but it's like eating. Or, tin for Paris Anasa, if it rolled on fruits because it wanted to cool off. The fruits were wet, it wanted to cool off, so it rolled on the fruits. So that could be, theoretically, a case of Shane without taking, with just not eating, because eating is in the mouth, that we're not going to keep out of it, but at least destroying. So well, wait a second. We learned out Shane from Bier Besteacher. And we said before, back in the Gemara, all the beginning of the Besechta, that Bier is a lushan of destroying. Because it says, Now, if we're talking about eating, so I'd say when you eat something, you destroy it. But if you tell me that Shane is either taking, or it's rolling against the wall, or rolling on fruits, the Chayar rolling against the wall, or rolling on fruits, that's not destroying the wall. It might knock down the wall, but it's not going to destroy the wall. The, the rocks are still there. If you roll on fruits, maybe you'll get them a little bit dirty, but they're still there. So why is that you beer? Oh, so the one's going to say that answer. The one's going to say that answer. But hold on. So Ravina about the shelf tell me, by the case of the wall, what if... You have a an artist. You know what's that guy in England? What's his name? Banksy, right? He painted a famous painting on the side of the uh, of the wall, and the animal came and scratched himself on the wall and destroyed not the wall, but destroyed the painting. So now it's totally destroyed. It's beer. So you could have a case of beer that doesn't involve eating, but also is totally destroyed. And the case of the fruits, Mamashik, you said, If you squish the fruits totally into the mud, where they become totally useless anymore, and you can't eat them at all, then it'll be destroyed. So, we could have a case of Shane, but we had the Shai we can make a raya from the, our Lushan of our Gemara, that Pipara is not Kechatzra Mazik, it is Kechatzra Nizik. But Lamais, the Mazik, going to try to bring raya. Tashma. Following case, this happens. Shisabaya Sakelev. Ruvain's walking in the street with his animal, his dog. Okay, Levi's standing there. Shimon screams at Ruvain's dog, and the dog attacks Levi. So Ruvain's dog attacks Levi after Shimon egged it on. Who's Chayv? Who's responsible now for what this dog just did? Says the Gemara, Shisa by Yisaracha, should we do the same thing with a snake? A little more dangerous, but you did it. Potter. So you're Potter. Who's Potter? Man Potter. Mishasa Potter. No question, Shimon, who egged on a dog, is Potter. He's a Gerim. He's a Grumma. Didn't do a good thing. Terror is not a proof of what he did. But you're not going to be chayef him. He didn't chayef him. Right? He was just a guy. Okay. Now, is the owner of the dog chayef? Lucharias. There's no taking over here. The animal jumped up and took a chunk out of Levi's arm. Okay? So, 
L'chayruks, we're still calling it Shane. Whether you call it Shane or Karen, doesn't really matter what it is. But whatever it is, there was no taking over here. You just took a chunk out of it. Now, L'chayruk, if you tell me the mouth of the dog is considered Chatzar Amazik, then why is the Balakel of Chayv at all? You should run away. Why is your arm in my dog's mouth? Get your arm out of my dog's mouth. It sounds to us to be ridiculous. But if you say that, B'lamaisa, we're just defining it as Chatzar Amazik. And therefore, it's ridiculous, and therefore, we would say that, of course, it's not Chatzar Amazik. It's considered Chatzar Anizik, because it attacked. Says, well, no, Ema Patraf Meshasa. Maybe, we don't know, maybe we could read the Brysa that the Chiddush of the Brysa is that the guy who egged on the dog is Pater. But of course, the Baal dog is also Pater because there was no taking over here. Again, we don't come out this way, but we just have no Raya. What about a case where he bit the person with his, you know, with canine teeth, the big teeth that are not in its mouth? The whole Shiloh was if it's in the mouth of the animal. If it's not in the mouth of the animal, it's on the side of the mouth of the animal, like outside the, the lips, then of course it would be Chatzar Nizik. Then of course the Balakel of is Chayv. Our only tzad to make the Balakel of Pater is if your hand is mamish in his mouth. If it's not in his mouth, it touches the teeth outside, then of course he's going to be Chayv. So maybe this is not a good riot, our Shiloh. his mouth, his lips are on the outside. Again, but he could bite and has those big teeth, whatever. Uh, it's an elephant with tusks. I don't know. Think of the case. Doesn't matter. Tashma, what about this case? Now, this is a more dangerous case. Okay, you, you take a snake. It's not your snake. Somebody else's snake. You take Ruvain's snake, and you pick it up and actually open its mouth and put it on, Ruvain, on Shimon's arm. With the open mouth. With the open mouth. And then the snake clumps down and poisons Shimon. And kills him. And Shimon dies. Are you a And is the animal a biarta Ramikirbech that you have to kill the animal? So the words like this. Tashma, Hishak by Sanach, Rebidim Chayb, Rebidim says, You're a right sech. Chaman Pajim, Chaman say, You're not a right sech. Now, Vyamar Bacha by the Vikya, what's the Vyakir, what's the Machlaikis? Keshatim Sulaima, the Divir Behuda, Aras Nochas Pain Shin of Waymid. The fascinating biological question. How does, uh, I guess we can get the answer nowadays, but how does the venom come out of a snake's mouth? Is the Pshat, the venom is there, and as soon as you clump it down, the venom automatically comes out? In which case, Shooting a person or getting a snake and clomping on the person's thing is the same thing. It's automatic. Or do you say, no, the snake bites and then the snake decides to then shoot the venom. In which case, okay, so it says question. If it's reflex and automatic, then the person who caused it is chayef. If it's not a reflex, it's a secondary activity by the nachash itself, then the person who caused it is a grama. He's not actually a retzach. The chamsa Rebuda says, the venom is there automatically. Makish is saif, and the nachash is potter. The nachash didn't do anything wrong. You forced it. The snake decides to shoot the venom. And therefore, the fichach nachash piskila, you kill the nachash, umakish potter. The other person is just a gairim, he's potter. You gotta throw it down the mountain? It doesn't mean skill. You kill it. It just means skill. Okay. So, if you're going to tell me that the mouth of an animal is like Chatzar Amazik, so the mouth of a snake is also Chatzar Amazik. So, why is your hand in, the, in my snake's mouth? If you're going to assume that, like we've been saying, maybe unreasonable, but if you're going to assume that the mouth of the animal is the Chatzar Amazik, so why is the snake going to be Chayv over here? Not Chayv Misa. No, 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 no. This whole discussion of Petur, of Chatzar Amazik, is only applicable by Mazik and Nizik. It is not applicable by capital crimes. It is not applicable when there's murder involved. 
For instance, Menotemer, what do we see at the sun? Beferish Abraisa. Hanichlas Achatzabala Bayish Shleber Ashuz. Now we're not talking over here about Bamanachteres. Bamanachteres, you right if a Ganav sneaks in on the overnight in a tunnel, you're allowed a Hamas guy, right? You're allowed to shoot him. That's a separate halacha. Anything about a regular guy comes into your house, whatever, and you have a wild animal in the backyard. But Nachay Shor Shalabayis Umeis, the shark kills him. Now normally you would have said, "Whoa, Hezik Brushos Hamasik is Potter." What are you doing in my backyard? I have a pit bull. I have a pit bull in my own backyard. You don't belong in my backyard. My pit bull causes you damage. I'm putter. That's clear. Everybody agrees to that, Aloha. Okay? We said, if time for... Uh, everyone agrees to that. But, if the pit bull kills somebody, even in your own backyard, Hashar b'skila. Hashar gets skila. And the animal did the kill, we kill him. You gotta get rid of such animal. Yes, the Bailam does not have to pay Kaifer. Normally the Bailam would pay Kaifer. He doesn't pay Kaifer because you have this taina of what are you doing in my backyard. Bailam Paturman Kaifer, my time in the Lebeshus, my boy. What are you doing in my backyard? But Shari Namile, my boy, Bishusi, Elenikatala, Leamrino. And when it comes to capital crimes, we don't keep wild and crazy animals around. Even if it only killed somebody in your backyard, and he doesn't belong in that backyard. Doesn't matter. And therefore, by the snake who kills somebody, if you're assuming the snake actually did kill somebody, even if you have this svara of the rishus, that the owner, that the mouth of the animal is rishus amazik, that doesn't pat to the snake. So you have no riot in the case of the snake, the snake would be killed anyways. So the Lord does not come out with a shot. So we brought a raya ke'ilu from our sugya that the rishus of the mouth of the animal is a rishus hanizik, not a rishus amazik, and you would be chayv. Hanu easy to Beitarbu. There was these goats who lived in this town called Beitarbu. They were constantly causing damage to Rav Yosef. Okay? Whether the owner had to pay or not pay is not really irrelevant to the story. Because even if the owner did have to pay, that still means that Rav Yosef is going to have to be Tarveya them and come to Bezdin. It's expense and it's a pain. Samalai Abaya. So Rav Yosef, who's the Rosh Hashiva there, the Paisik, he says to his Talmud Abaya, Go tell the owner of these goats to lock them up. Stop letting them come to my field. Really? Why should I bother going? If I do that, Amri Lee, he's going to tell me that you should put a fence around your fruits. Now we're talking about the fruits in Rav Yosef's own backyard. This brings up a fascinating question. right? If I have fruits in Rosh Rabim, there's no question. We said I'm not allowed to have them there and therefore if someone comes and eats them, shame Rosh Hashanah is potter. Fruits in my own backyard, I'm allowed to have whatever I want. Do I have to put up a fence around my field to keep your animal from coming in or not? Tyson points out we never saw anything like this anywhere in this parak. Never said it's my fruits, it's my yard. I don't have to protect my fruits. You have to keep your animals away. So Tyson says, Abai was just scared to go talk to this guy so he was trying to make up an excuse. But of course if Yosef is right, Yosef does not have to build a fence to protect his own fruits. According to Abaya, if, you, if according to Abaya that you would have to, so what's the case of Shane? Then he dug underneath the fence. If the fence fell down at night, and then the owner of the fruit says, I didn't know about that, it fell down. But fine, Abaya is wrong. And of course, it's not the responsibility of the owner of the fruits to protect his fruits. It's the responsibility of the owner of the animal to protect the animals, to protect his animal from eating. Machas of Yosef and Rabba, Rav Yosef and Rabba put up a pashkavil. And they said, the whether for people coming from Eretz Yisrael to here, or people coming from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, everybody should know this halacha. Hani easy the shuka. If you had, normally in those days, you had goats that you would bring to be shechted and sell the meat. You didn't do that every day of the week. You did it only on the days where there's, because in refrigeration, right? So you only do it on days where there's enough people in the shuk that will come buy the meat. 
you shecht it on, a, let's say the shuk is Monday and Thursday, and you shecht it on Tuesday, you're not going to get a good price for the meat because people know you have to sell it because it's going to spoil. So if you have these animals walking around the shuk waiting for the yamashuk, the mafsutin, and they're causing people damage, they're running into people's fields and eating stuff, even if they have to pay, even if they're chayiv, but they might say it's a pain in the neck. So you warn the owner two or three times. If he listens, thank you. We tell him, we're going to bring your animals to the butcher, and we're going to sell them right now. You can't just keep having your animals walking around there for three or four days and causing damage to everybody. Now, Tesis points out, this is only if the animals were aimed to the if you have animals that are not aimed for shechita, animals that were meant for milk or whatever it is, then you wouldn't be able to do this. And then peasant would have to do whatever they have to do to stop them from doing damage. But here, if it was aimed for shechita anyway, it's a question of waiting for the day, then Rav Yosef and Rabbah made a We send them to be shechted now so they can stop causing damage, even though you're going to have to pay in either way, but we don't want Kaisal to have this type of damage done to them. Adkan.